I want to talk to you today about something that I have really spent the last few years learning and God has been teaching me. And I want to help you arrive at this place. This is a, a difficult place, I'm going to tell you. And it's not an easy place to get to. It's not like a light switch that you turn on, but it is one of the most important keys to living a peaceful, stable, powerful, and free Christian life. Now, on the one hand, Christians are like everybody else, right? We have faults and failures, and we're people, and we bleed, and we have needs, and all of this. We know that to be true, right? On the other hand, we're not like everyone else. In fact, the Bible makes a great distinction between those who are born again and those who are not, and how God treats us, how God expects us to live, and uh, what powers and authorities we have in our life. So there is a difference between the two, and I make note of that because we as Christians, in some regard, should be living differently than the world. It's not always what you think it is. It's not that we're better or we, we uh, behave better or we think better of ourselves. No. There are other things that are important. The one I want to talk to you about today is fundamental to Christianity. It is one of the foundational truths that Christ brought to the world. It's not easy to achieve this place but I want you to know that we should long to achieve this place we should long to learn to live this way and what I want to talk to you about today is living without the fear of death living without the fear of death humans have this natural survival instinct don't it don't we we just we, uh, we protect ourselves. We look out for ourselves. It's, it's even like instinctual, like in, if someone uh, jumps out at you you, you, you know, you freak out, you ready yourself, you scream or whatever your reaction is, you prepare yourself because we have a natural instinct to survive. Now, I want to let you know ahead of time, I'm not talking about having a death wish. I'm not talking about living a flippant kind of life where you just do whatever, you know, you're jumping out of airplanes with no parachutes, hoping everything works out. I'm not talking about uh, where you have no respect for death. I'm talking about where you have a, uh, a no fear of death, where it doesn't control your life. Many humans live this way. They live as if this life is all they know. All they know, they're born, they grow up, they have vague memories of their early childhood, and then memories start to set in, and this life is all they know. This body, this face in the mirror, this is all we know. This life is all you have. That's the way most people live. This is it. Enjoy it. Make the most of it, because after this, it's all over with. Have you heard someone talk that way? Right? And when this life is over, there's nothing left, so make the most of it now. But I want you to know that Christians do not live natural lives, but supernatural lives. That's right. This is one of the areas where God has called us because of what Jesus has done, because of the truths of the gospel of Jesus. God has called us to live differently from the world. While the world is living so that they have a longer lifespan, God has called us to live in such a way that the span of life we have, we live to the best of our ability for Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? I don't know if you have 60 days to live or 60 years to live. It doesn't matter as long as you live them for Jesus. Many people today in the world are living simply for this life. 
They have a desire. They have a bucket list of things they want to accomplish. Can I tell you my bucket list today? You may have a bucket list, and that's okay. I got nothing against it. But let me tell you my bucket list, and that is to please the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's all I got. I'd like to visit some places. I'd like to accomplish some things. But if I don't, that's okay. If I'm in the middle of something and God calls me home, that's okay. It doesn't matter, right? If I don't reach a certain age, that's okay. I have learned to reach this place where God is in control of the beginning and God is in control of the end. Jesus came to bring us eternal life. Amen. Eternal life. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that if you would believe in him, you would not perish but you would have eternal life. God came to give us eternal life. Do you know when eternal life begins? It doesn't begin when you die. It begins when you're born again. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. If you've been born again and you're a member of the family of God, you already have eternal life. Praise his wonderful name. You and I are made up of spirit, soul, and body. When we're born again, our spirit is perfected forever. Your soul making up your internal personality and your mind and your emotions isn't perfect yet. That's why you think dumb thoughts. That's why you say dumb things. Come on. There's coming a day when your soul, your mind, your personality will be made perfect. The Bible says when we see Jesus face to face, we shall be like him. Come on, somebody. There are some people today that used to be in the pews here, but they've gone on to be with the Lord. Can I tell you, they're more perfect than we are because they have two-thirds of their life perfected. Amen. Hallelujah. And your body is not perfect yet. If you don't believe me, just take your clothes off, look in the mirror. <laughs> Come on. We get tired and weary, and the older we get, the harder it gets. Our bodies aren't perfected. But the Bible says in, second, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, there's coming a day when the resurrection is going to occur, and this mortal body is going to be replaced with an immortal body. In that day, in that moment, you will be perfected spirit, soul, and body. Are you with me today? God has promised us eternal life. Some of it has arrived already. Some of it's coming don't worry about the timeline. God's going to take care of that. Jesus came, and if we believe in him, our spirit is made perfect. Our soul will be made perfect. Our bodies will be made perfect. We have eternal life. Glory be to God. I'm reminded of John chapter 11. Jesus' good friend Lazarus had died. And Jesus purposely waited so that there could be no mistaking. You know, there's people today that they die on their operating table and they're dead for 20 minutes and they revive them. Or they, or they pass away while they're at work. <laughs> like, like Stephen came, I don't know if he did or not, came real close, but they revived him, thank the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. There's stories like that, amazing, wonderful stories. But four days and they already put him in the tomb and his own sister said, Jesus, don't roll away the stone. By now his body's already starting to smell. Come on, that's real stuff right there. And it says in verse 11, 25 through 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Isn't that good? Oh, you know what that means? Jesus is saying... There is coming a day where you're going to be perfected in life forever, spirit, soul, and body. You know what I find interesting about Lazarus is that Lazarus is not here today. That means he was raised from the dead. They rolled a stone away. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. He came out of the tomb. He was alive, a great glorious celebration. But at some point, Lazarus died a physical death, didn't he? 
He's not still here over there in Israel somewhere. No, he died a physical death. So what does Jesus mean that if you die, you will really never die if you believe in him? He means that you have eternal life, that even though this physical body may die and be put in the ground, you step out of this life into the next one. Glory to God. You step out of this place into a better one. Come on. Hallelujah. This is foundational to the principles of Christianity. We're not living just for the now. We're living for the next life. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. Death to the Christian means I step out of this life into a better one. Death to the Christian means you go to your true home. This isn't your true home. You're just getting your mail here for a little while. Come on, somebody. Come on. There's a home, and you don't even know it's your home until you get there. Hallelujah. I remember when Kathy and I, a few years back, were looking for the right place uh, to move into, and we had looked at several places, and there was good things and bad things, and they, they felt right they, uh, on, in one regard, but they didn't feel right in another regard, and we walked into the house we're living in now, and it just felt like home. It just felt, and Kathy said, yeah, uh-huh, this is it, right? And that's where we're staying today. Can I promise you something? When you cross over and you reach your real home, it's going to fit you like a T. You're going to feel so comfortable in that place because that is where you belong. Hallelujah. The Bible says that in that true home is the presence of God. Oh, someday you will be at home in the unencumbered presence of God. Yes, we, we're in the, Jesus is with us. Yes, he's with us all the time. We're not always aware of it. We're not always engaged. Sometimes we're in the flesh and we're thinking of other things. But one day we'll see him face to face and, and we'll be there where Jesus physically is. Hallelujah. Uh, David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There is, that's going to be my home, amen. That's where, that's where I belong. I'm just on mission here right now and God has me doing what he wants me to do and I want to please him and if it's for 60 days or if it's for 60 years, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Hallelujah. Death to the Christian is this, complete healing, complete peace, complete knowledge, complete love. The curse is no more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I say this a lot at funerals because it's true. When you reach heaven, there are no handicapped parking spots because there's no handicapped people. Hallelujah. There's no pharmacies in heaven because there's no sick people. There's no need for Tylenol in heaven. There's no headaches in heaven. There's no mortuaries or cemeteries in heaven because there is no more death. Hallelujah. I get bothered sometimes when people talk about a Christian and say they lost their battle to X, Y, Z. A Christian never lost a battle to anything. Jesus already won the battle. And if you take me out of this life, you put me into a better one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not up to me. It's up to him. But I know this, when I get there, I'm never going to have to worry about another bill. I'm never going to have another allergy problem. Ooh, man, that may be one of my favorite things about heaven. No allergies in heaven. Take a deep breath of air, and, and it's just good air. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to have all my questions answered. Jesus said, you don't know what's going on now, but one day you will. Can I promise you something? When you get to heaven, every question is going to be answered. I don't know if you'll sit at the knees of Jesus and he'll explain it to you, or if as soon as you get get there, a light bulb will go off in your head and you'll go, oh, I get everything that ever happened now. 
I don't know, but I know this. Every question will be answered in heaven. I know that love will rule and reign supreme in heaven. Glory be to God. I know that all of the things we call mortal toil on this life will be over. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Can I tell you something? If you've lost a brother, a sister in Christ, and they've gone to heaven, feel sorry for yourself, feel sorry for your family, but do not feel sorry for them. They are celebrating with Jesus at home where they belong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, and death of the Christian means you'll finally be made perfect, holy, completely. Paul, who will save me from this body of death, he said. Paul got frustrated with himself. I want to do the right things, but I keep finding myself doing the wrong things over and over again. Can anybody relate to the Apostle Paul? You know, sometimes it feels like as humans, when we get up and we say, I'm not going to get angry today, what do we do? We do the very thing we say we're not going to do. It's like if we speak it, it becomes reality. If we work on it, we fail at it. And sometimes, do you get frustrated with yourself that you don't have the faith you need? That you're not handling your money the way you should. That you're not controlling your mouth like you should. That you're not as faithful to read the word as you should. Have you ever gone three, four, five, six days in a row and you haven't prayed and you haven't read the Bible and you, and you just you hit yourself in the head? What am I doing? Why do, why do I do this all the time? Do you get frustrated with yourself? Heaven is a place where you will be made perfect before the Lord. No more frustration, no more failure, hallelujah. You will be made perfect in the image of God. Glory be to his name. You see, death to the Christian is different than it is to the world. That's why the Bible says we don't grieve like those who have no hope. Death is our hope. Come on. Death is our hope. It takes us to the place that God intends for us. I don't have all the answers as to why some live longer than others. I don't have all the answers to why some death seems like tragedy and some seems like it's peacefully moving on. I don't know all of those things. I'm not God, but I trust my God. And I know that he ushers us into a better place. There is peace. There is freedom in life when you live without the fear of death. I've just given you lots of reasons for us to not go around living as if we're afraid to die. Can I promise you something? You're never going to walk on water if you're afraid of death. You're never going to get out of the boat. You know what? You know what is a pity, a shame? It's not that Peter got out of the boat and sank when he took his eyes off of Jesus. What's a shame is that there were 11 other disciples that never even got out of the boat at all. Come on, I'd rather be Peter and, and at least take a stab at something great. And say to Jesus, hey, can I go out there and do something great with you? And even if I fall, hallelujah, at least I know I've lived. I haven't let fear control my life. Some of you today, God wants to do big things in your life, but you're never going to get out of the boat if you're constantly living afraid of death. You're never going to face down a giant if you're afraid of death. I'm reminded of the entire army of Israel, trained fighters, and they're cowering in fear from Goliath, but then this little shepherd boy, you know what his secret was? He'd been with God, hallelujah. <laughs> He'd been with God. He said, I, I have faced a lion, I have faced a bear, I have defeated him. A, a teenage boy shouldn't defeat a lion or a bear. And yet he'd been with God, he'd been through some stuff with God. And so he wasn't afraid to face Goliath. There's gonna come some Goliaths in your life. And listen, Goliath wasn't David's enemy. Goliath was Israel's enemy. 
Goliath was David's opportunity because after David killed Goliath, his name was exalted and he became king. That set everything in motion. Can I tell you something? That Goliath that wants to face you, you're going to destroy it, not for your peace and your safety and your comfort. You may be providing peace and safety and comfort for the people around you. No, God wants you to kill that Goliath so that you can be elevated. It's your opportunity to go to another level. Come on. But if you're afraid... You're never going to face your giant. You're going to run from him. You're going to cower in fear. You're going to look around and say, well, is somebody else going to step up? Come on, brother. Who will fight Goliath? Step forward. And when, you know, everybody's stepping backwards, right? But if you're afraid to die, you will never see the chains fall off and the walls fall down. I like Paul. I like the fact that even when he's in the prison, he's praising God loudly. People can hear him. People can hear his voice. You know, we live in a world today that when you have a Christian voice and other people hear it, they attack you for it. They're going to come after you for your Facebook post. They're going to come after you because you take a stand for freedom of religion and sharing your faith with people. They're going to take a stab at you. They're going to try to destroy you. And if you're afraid, what will happen is you'll close your mouth and your voice will never be heard. But God has not called us to be a quiet people. Come on. God has called us to share his truth with the world, to share his love with the world. And you know what? If you and I never speak up, the chains won't fall off. The walls will never fall. We won't see the miraculous take place. Amen. There are people whose lives are chained up, shackled up. And if you and I don't speak out, they will never fall off. They will never hear the gospel. They'll never know the love of Jesus. They'll never get to where God wants them to be if you and I live in fear. I'm reminded of the three Hebrew children who were told, if you don't bow down and worship me... I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. He heated it up seven times hotter than it's ever been heated before. So hot that even the men throwing them in were killed. That's how hot it was. But they said, you know what? You may, the Lord may let us die. He may not. I don't know. But I can tell you this. Uh, we will not bow down to somebody else. Come on. You're never going to have a moment in the fire. You're never going to have something like that if you're afraid. You and I have to be willing to stand up and let our voice be heard. Even when it's the lone voice of truth. Come on somebody I know what some of you are thinking today but I want to accomplish this I don't want to die because I want to accomplish this listen I got goals too I want to accomplish things too I want to I want to do things too you might say well I want to experience this well I would like to experience this too I'd like to see the Grand Canyon I've never seen that I'd like to uh, walk, uh, uh, or not walk, but just be there when my grandchildren uh, graduate and, and get married. I'd like to experience that too. Some are saying, I want to see this happen, or, or, and, and I don't want to leave because there's so much I want to do. But you got to look at life this way, the way Paul did. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment that you are with your family at the local park having a picnic, and it's a beautiful, wonderful, you're just enjoying yourself so much. It's amazing. It's wonderful. You're at the picnic with your wife and your kids or your grandkids, and you're having a wonderful time now imagine somebody walks up to you and says i want to fly you and your family to disney world uh, for a one week all paid you can have as much fun as you want would you get up and leave the picnic 
for Disney World. I think most people would. You know why? Because Disney World is probably a little better than a picnic in the park. Come on, somebody. And when you're at Disney World riding all those rides and all that expensive food is free and you're having the time of your life, you're not mourning the fact that you had to leave a picnic at the local park. Come on. You know what? When, when we think of death, we should think of death like that. That Oh, yeah, there's things that I'm enjoying now. There's goodness that I like now. Yes, I, I love life. I love the people around me. But I know I may not understand it all, but that next life, oh, there's something there that's better than this one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, Pastor Buddy and I have had this conversation for years, and Pastor Kane talking about death and I don't know if it's a result of getting older. I guess it is. But I think every one of us should think of it. And our conclusion for a long time was this, that, you know, I'm not afraid to die, but I worry about the people who I would leave behind, people who depend on me. But you know what the Lord has revealed to me? I'm going to talk for me. That's a lack of faith. That's, that's saying, God, I don't think you'll take care of my family when I'm gone. That's saying I'm the one who takes care of him, not God. Are you with me today? This stuff ain't easy. But this is what Christ brought to us. Hallelujah. While you're trying to save yourself, lengthen your lifespan, you may be missing out on living life the way God wanted you to live it. Because if you live without a fear of death, Think about it. You can stop worrying about everything. Come on. And I'm going to go farther than just your death, but people you love. Come on. When you're a Christian and you believe God, people in your family that know God and they pass away, yes, we grieve them. Yes, we hurt. Yes, it's devastating. Yes, there's a hole in our life, but we don't grieve like those who have no hope. We still have hope. Amen. Come on. You can stop worrying, stop feeling like you have to be God and take control of everything in every situation. If you live without the fear of death, you can take leaps of faith when it's time to take a leap of faith. Come on, somebody. Uh, are you with me today now? Once again, I'm not talking about doing stupid stuff. A, a, a healthy fear of death is good. I think it's good in most of us. It keeps us from going 120 miles an hour on a motorcycle in midnight with no lights on and dumb things like that, you know. Uh, you know, you're out in the woods and you see mushrooms and you think, what the heck? Let's try them, you know. Dumb things like that. Most of us don't do dumb things like that. I say most of us because somebody's listening to me today, probably with a mouthful of mushrooms. You'll never take a leap of faith, though, if you're afraid, if you're constantly trying to keep yourself. And you'll watch other people fly. You'll see other people doing amazing things while you're standing on the edge of the cliff. And you're saying, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. Well, what you're wanting is a guarantee. You're wanting that it's a guarantee that you won't get hurt. But there are no guarantees. Come on, somebody. you got to just take a leap of faith and go out there. Try that new job. Do that new thing. Hallelujah. When you live without the fear of death, it is love. It is the word of God. It is the Holy Spirit that motivates what you do, not fear. We let fear tell us how to live. We're afraid. We get a little, uh, a little red spot on our body and all of a sudden the, the fear just sets in. Whew. And we go to Google and all of a sudden we find out we're going to die in three days. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. 
You need to stay off WebMD. MD, you're making yourself miserable. Mm -hmm. The first sign of trouble, you have determined that it's all going to fall apart. You were expecting it. You knew it was coming. You even take pride in the fact that you expected the worst. Christians should not be taking pride in the fact that they expected the worst. Is anybody with me today? You don't let fear tell you how to live. You let the Holy Spirit and the Word of God tell you how to live. You let love tell you how to live. Come on. You are motivated by the Holy Spirit. I'm reminded of the disciples today who didn't live safe lives, who weren't afraid of death, who were the very people who moved out into the world. It was the love of God that pushed them. It was the Word of God that motivated them and guided them. It was love for this world, the love of God that lived in them, that made them do what they did. And 11 out of them were killed for it. And one was banished to an island. Can I tell you, their lives are not a failure because they were cut short by death. Their lives are defined as the ultimate success because they lived life without the fear of death. Hallelujah. When you live life without the fear of death, you can make the most of today. Once again, let me tell you something. 60 days living without the fear of death is a better life than 60 years living in fear. Living afraid of what might happen. You don't hold tomorrow. You don't even hold today. God does. Why don't you just trust him and let God be God? He's given you some guarantees. The guarantees are this, that if he takes you from this life to the next one, it's a good thing. Hallelujah. You won't regret that he took you home. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that if he takes you home, he'll take care of the people that are left behind. <clears throat> I want to read to you in closing 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 58. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. This natural life is not what the kingdom of God is about. What you have here in your 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years here on earth is not what the kingdom of God is ultimately about. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. The best that God has for you isn't coming to your mortal body. Come on. It's coming to your eternal self. Hallelujah. Oh, God's got good things, but the best is beyond anything your mind can handle. Glory be to God. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all die. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and you and I will be changed. Glory to God. For this perishable must put on imperishable. God is going to change you from mortal to immortal. Then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. Every funeral you've ever been to where someone who was born again died is a victory. It's a celebration. It's a home going. Hallelujah. Are you with me today? Death is swallowed up in victory. I love this next line. Oh, death. We're talking straight to death now. Death is often looking at us and pointing the finger and telling us how it's going to control our lives. It walks around us in a dark cloud, making us afraid. But now we're talking to death face to face and we're saying, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your victory? Glory be to God. You used to bother me. I used to be afraid to die. I remember before I was born again, I'd get into a near car wreck and my heart would be pounding out of my chest. And, and I ain't telling you I got a death wish now. I'm not telling you I drive crazy or without a seatbelt. What I'm telling you is if God takes me home today, it's all right, amen. It's all right, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
death is swallowed up in victory. For the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, watch this. Therefore, that means because of what we know and the truths we have, there's a result. And what is that result? Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. You know what happens? You know what happens when you live without the fear of death? You can be steadfast. You can know your course and take it when the weather's good and when the weather's bad. Come on. Hallelujah. You can know what God's called you to do and you can move straight ahead. Whether the enemy is surrounding you or whether the way is clear, it doesn't matter because you're not afraid. Therefore, be steadfast, immovable. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of a famous video of Kobe Bryant, the basketball player. He's guarding the guy who's taking the ball out of bounds. And, and the guy taking the ball out of bounds is looking around. All of a sudden, he pushes the ball real quickly right in Kobe's face. And anybody else, anybody else would have freaked out at least a little bit of a reaction. Kobe doesn't move. He doesn't even blink his eyes. Can I tell you something? God wants you to have that kind of immovable life that no matter what happens to you, you don't freak out. You don't get frustrated. You don't get worried. You're steadfast and immovable because you're not afraid of what might come your way. Hallelujah. Steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain. See, one of the foundational principles that Christ gave to do is defeat sin and death so that we're not overcome by death. Death has no power over you. Death can't control you. Death can't make you afraid unless you allow it to because Jesus has already come death. Hallelujah. He's overcome it all for you and for me. And what I want us to do, church, today is endeavor. I know this is not one of those messages that you can just flip a switch and all of a sudden you're not afraid of death anymore. But you can remind yourself, am I letting fear control me? Am I trying to save days so I live longer and actually sacrificing life? Think about it. I want you to grow in this. Because if you're going to be who God wants you to be, you can't live in fear of death. You have to know that if God gives you 60 days or 60 years, it's his choice. Amen. I've placed my life in his hands. He can use me as he wants. If he wants to burn this candle up today, that's his business. If he wants to take me to 100, I'll keep talking about Jesus everywhere and every chance I get. Hallelujah. I'll use my life to give him glory. It's his to use as he wants. And I want to tell you this. I am not going to fear death. I don't mean that in the moment that you die, that you won't be fearful or have an anxiousness about death. Of course you will. Of course, if a gun is pointed at your head and someone says they're going to kill you, there is a fear, uh, an immediate fear, fear of the unknown or a fear of how it may feel or what you may experience. Of course, you've never experienced it before. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about living in such a way that all of your eggs are in this life the basket of this life, and you haven't put much stock in the next one. Come on. Jesus said to Lazarus' sisters, I'm the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you shall never die. And I'm going to leave you with his final words. He said, do you believe this? Do you believe that? Do you believe if your heart stopped today, God would take you straight into his presence? Do you believe that God would take care of your wife and kids or husband if 
He decided to take you home. Do you believe that today? It's not natural to believe that. It's supernatural. But we are supernatural beings. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the beautiful people that are here today. God, I thank you that you have taken us already into eternal life. We're not waiting for a day to receive eternal life. We've already received it, God. We thank you for that, Lord. Oh, death, it just doesn't hurt anymore. The sting is gone. You have no power over me because no grave is going to hold me down. Hallelujah. When the trumpet sounds, no grave is going to hold me down. Hallelujah. Glory be to the name of the Lord my God. So today I am not going to live in fear of death. I'm not going to live this life trying to stack up extra days. But I'm going to live motivated by the Holy Spirit, motivated by the Word of God, motivated by love. And Lord, wherever that takes me is all right with me, God. And I thank you for it, Jesus. I thank you for it in the mighty name of Christ, I pray. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, aren't you grateful? Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you grateful?